Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Brian Kubler, uh, who is an investigative journalist who's also uh, written an, a very interesting book that's worth uh, picking up and reading, The Long Blink. Uh, so he is here to share a little bit more about the story. It's just a very sad story about um, a trucking accident that reveals a lot of information. Key this month, because uh, as you're probably aware, this is the Distracted Driving uh, Awareness Month. Uh, so Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, so maybe if you could share to start out a little bit about how you came to know uh, Ed Slattery and and a little bit about his his story and how that came about in terms of uh, your interest and what you've discovered there. Sure. Uh, this uh, this this uh, crash happened ten years ago in 2010, and at the time I was an investigative reporter for the ABC affiliate in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Ed and his family live in the in the suburbs of Baltimore. Um, it, it was it was a big story here when the when the crash happened because his wife Susan Slattery was a was a very well known and very well loved professor at the Stevenson University here in Baltimore, a mathematics professor, mm. brilliant mathematical mind, on the track to become dean and and so on. And so wow. when 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 the tra- when the crash happened, it was it was a huge outpouring here in Baltimore, and made it a, a a big news story. I mean, the crash happened in Ohio. Um, Susan Slattery took her two boys. Ed couldn't go along because he had to work. He was working as an economist at the USDA in D.C. So uh, the family went to Susan's family reunion over in um, Lorain, Ohio, uh, in the Cleveland area. So uh, after about a couple of days there, she and her two boys were driving back to Baltimore. um, And that is when the crash happened. um, And it immediately killed her. Um, and it uh, permanently disabled and maimed their youngest child. Their oldest child, Peter, oh. uh, suffered a lot of very physical injuries, but uh, he was able to make a full recovery. Matthew, to this day, um, is still wheelchair-bound and, and uh, has a traumatic brain injury that he'll live with the rest of his life. Wow. Um, so wow. when that, yeah, it, when that story happened, it was, I mean, and they were this was one of those families that, that are that are very well known in a community. No matter how big of a city or small of a town you live in, you know they were involved in Boy Scouts. Uh, Susan had a, did a lot of extracurricular activities with different fundraisers and stuff. Um, you know, Ed was was an economist at the USDA. They were a very well loved family in the area. So when the crash happened, uh, my my boss at the time uh, approached me to ask me to do the story on it. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, in full disclosure, I was, uh, and I am a, a, a chronic reports <laughs> guy, you know, I'm a, I'm a gritty kind of, you know, crime reporter in a gritty crime city. Right. So that, that was, <laughs> this, this wasn't really on my radar, but my, my boss at the time believed that I was the right storyteller for it. And so I, you know, I, I met Ed, uh, over the phone at first, um, and you know, they were back, mm-hmm. you know, they spent, a, a, about a month in Cleveland. And the family had just gotten back to Baltimore at the time that I hooked up with them. And Matthew was going through some intensive physical therapy at Kennedy Krieger Institute. 
here in Baltimore, which is partnered with Johns Hopkins, as um, for your listeners. Right. Um, and uh, that's where I, I met the family, and we kind of started our journey from that point. Um, and that was my first long interview with Ed, where I really began to realize kind of what this family had gone through. Um, and then I had followed them over the course of the next few years to tell their story through the different chapters. And uh, eventually, you know, Ed said to me, hey, I want you to, to, to write a book because I really want my story out there. Right. Um, and then we kind of got, came together on that. And uh, The Long Blink is the, is the product of that, came out uh, late last year. And so, um, yeah, and so that's, this is Ed's story out there, and, and uh, he wanted it to be out there as kind of a, to show people what can happen on the roadways with large trucks um, and, and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, where you go from there as a family. And so, phenomenal story, and I think the, the part that really touched me is how, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Ed has decided to really do something with the tragic events. and. And try to make permanent change in, in a, around road safety, around uh, accidents. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that, that's a, a theme. This is one incident, but there's so many other cases uh, of, of significant accidents that kill people on a regular basis on the roads. Uh, so if you can maybe share a little bit about how he's gone into that space, what he's trying to do, and, and maybe some some learning from from that front. Sure, sure. Listen. So as a as a journalist, um, you know, there are very few times in my career where, you know, I, I have met somebody or have told somebody's story where that person has the internal fortitude and the strength to take this trauma that had happened to them, turn it on its head and use it for good. And, it, you know, it's so it's so rare. Um, I mean, right. a lesser man like myself, if this happened to me and my family, I would crawl up in a ball and I don't I don't know what I would do. You know, um, right. Ed, from the from the very from the moment I, 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 I met him, he was looking through the trauma on the other side of how can I make this so it doesn't happen to other people? I mean, I, I listen, at its core, this this book, and I, and I wrote it in a very narrative way. This isn't prescriptive nonfiction where you, you're reading fact after fact after fact, right? I mean, there's a real story to tell here sure. because Ed, Ed is one of those people that and I, we developed, obviously, a friendship over the last 10 years. He's just he's just one of these people that that uh, that I find remarkable. And he's, he's, a, he's a good man. And you, and you, you could tell the story through his perspective. And allowing me in this whole time was really able to, to narratively build this so that uh, my point was to write it so a reader kind of falls in love with Ed or identifies with Ed and and along the way learns you know what this what this issue is listen at its core this book is about uh, surviving trauma losing the love of your life mm-hmm. raising two boys who you know will never be the same again and then finding For sure. forgiveness yeah and then finding like a forgiveness and a purpose to create that new life for your family. And, and that's, mm. that's what this book is, is, is really about. And in order to do that, Ed really, uh, you know, once he got past the, the, I mean, you know, he still says today he hasn't able, been able to really <laughs> mourn Susan because of all the work he's done since right. the crash. I'm sure. Um, 
But, you know, he once he got past Matthew's immediate health crisis and Peter's immediate health crisis and and building a home that is now, uh, you know, it's a universally designed for Matthew's wheelchair. So there are no impediments for him. Mm. And, you know, kitchens that the the cabinets uh, come down to his level or the stovetop comes down to his level. There's no the rugs are sunken. So there's no lips in the house. There are pocket doors. Wow. It's, a be- it's a beautiful home that he. You know, he took some of the money from the settlement and built this this beautifully universally designed home. So Matthew will be set for the rest of his life. Um, And so once he got past all of those chapters, he really started getting involved in the Truck Safety Coalition, which is an advocacy group on Capitol Hill that uh, that, you know, at least once a year does a very hard lobby. He doesn't like to use the word lobby, but advocating for truck safety in the halls of Congress. He was told. Uh, countless representatives and senators, um, all the ones in Maryland, obviously, are super familiar with the story. One of the one of the pull, mm-hmm. one of the, uh, the one of the quotes for, for the book um, it was from uh, Dutch Reapersberg, who's a, who's a congressman here in Maryland. So, I mean, right. these are some of the lawmakers that he has uh, he has identified with, and they will sit in their office and tell his story because he knows that if it's told the right way, it can change minds. Um, and so he lends his story and his pain and his trauma. He wears it on his sleeve so other people hopefully won't have to. And, um, you know, he's very involved in that. In fact, he's, he even calls victims of truck accidents um, uh, after they happen to the family, surviving family members to tell them what they need to do next to, uh, oh, wow. you know. Yeah, it's, he's, he's super involved. And now his daughter, his oldest daughter is involved, too. She's on that coalition now, too, on the board. and. She does a lot of work for them as well. So it's it's definitely a family affair. It, it was a phenomenal story. Can, can you touch a little bit, as, particularly as we're kind of thinking about distracted driving? Um, this wasn't really a distracted driving. Is somebody, as I, I as I recall, that kind of dozed off? Um, yeah. Can you share maybe a little bit about the case for for sure. safety in the trucking industry? Because that, that's an industry that, unlike a, a lot of other industries, that struggle in many ways in terms of how do you drive safety truly into how we operate. A lot of organizations have have, have subcontracted work to a point where they're removing a lot of the responsibility for, for some of the elements. Tell me a little bit about what, what is the case for, for safety in this space? Uh, well, fatigue is um, is a form of distracted driving, and so that's why it applies for sure. to, to, this, yeah. to this month as well and what we're talking about. I mean, the, the truck driver here, so uh, just a quick rundown, you know, most tractor trailers that uh, that the, your listeners will, will see is, is a one, uh, you know, just one tractor trailer going down the road, right? Um, some of them right. will have doubles, you know, they'll, they'll be hitched to a, they'll be, they'll be, There'll be two sections to it, right? And in some states, there are there, you could have you could have three trailers to one truck. Um, and one of those states is Ohio, um, and it's surrounded by states that are not that don't allow those trucks. So, in order to maximize volume, uh, these trucking companies will uh, a trucker that they hire will go to the edge of the state on the east side, pick up a third trailer, drive it across the the, the length of Ohio drop off that trailer on the on the west side and then pick up another one and drive it back east. Like that's what this particular uh, all driver did every day. That was his route. He'd pick it up, he'd drive across the state of Ohio, pick up, drop it off, pick up another shift, uh, three um, pups, they call them, and drive them all the way back to the other side. And so when he got into the crash with Susan, he was toward the end of his drive time. So this is not an example of a trucker that is 
fudged his books, although that happens, or is driving over sure. his limit because obviously that happens as well. Um, this was an incident where he was on his first, what they call first night back. So if you if you have a schedule and you're working five days a mm-hmm. week, by the second day you're adjusted to it and you you're kind of sleeping in in a certain pattern and, and so on and so forth. Sure. But on the Sunday night into Monday, your first night back to your shift, obviously these drivers want to spend and maximize time with their family. This particular driver had a farm, of course. So had a lot of work to do on the farm, and and so he's spending Saturday and Sunday. So when he goes to bed on Sunday, um, you know you, you don't get that full night's sleep before you're boot, you're back up and you're at work. So. I mean, he even admitted in, the, in all the paperwork and the and the crash reports, he only got about three and a half hours of sleep. So uh, um, that first night back is always very tough, and that's a big issue with the safety community around trucking um, in in the United States. Is that first night back on a ship, and that's that's when this happened. And so while he was in his drive time limit, he was still, you know, only operating on a on a few hours of sleep. Uh, it had also come out in the in the in the, in the settlement in the court case that. You know, he was on a, a, a various amount of, of narcotics that have side effects that could lead to doziness and drowsiness. Oh, wow. Right. Um, and he had a driving record that uh, was that was suspect as well. So um, all of this kind of combined into him um, and him. And he admitted this on the scene that he that he dozed off. Um, and, it, oh, you know, Susan's car, everyone was merging for uh, um, uh, for construction on on the ohio interstate and uh and he fell asleep blew past the signs and you know if if you read the book there's a there's a whole chapter about what the other the witnesses had said what it looked like what it felt like what it sounded like and it uh it was a it was a horrific and violent crash and he square up hit susan and uh, it is amazing that Matthew would wow. survive that crash. Susan no was kidding. dead uh, almost on impact, or at least Ed likes to hope it was on impact anyway, uh, that she didn't suffer for you know hours or or, or so on. But it was sure. it was just a tough, horrible crash. And so when you're talking about distracted driving and you're talking about this issue, um, there, there's a lot of issues in the trucking industry that 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 safety advocates are pushing for a lot of different. Um, uh, not laws, but like regulations and and different technologies that can keep uh, that can keep drivers driving without the fatigue issue being such a such an impediment. I mean, th- there's been studies done where upwards of thirty percent of drivers uh, reported uh, fatigue uh, in their careers, and so it's 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 a real. And the more trucks that are on the road. The more stuff that we're relying on our packages with Amazon, or especially now during right. the pandemic, when we're when everything is getting delivered to us, there's this industry is exploding, um, and uh, right. there's uh, you know Ed is, is on the front lines of this, going, "This is what happened to me. This is what happened to my family. It happened quite literally, and during a long blink is what is what this guy, uh, this driver had ex- explained. Mm-hmm. It was later what he thought it was, and um, and this could and it could ruin your entire family. And so um, right. this is kind of what the what we're, what he's trying to put out there with uh, with the storytelling of this book. It, it, phenomenal story, and and this is an industry that is highly uh, with a lot of players in it. How do we drive change in an industry of that nature? Because it, when you're dealing with oil and gas, an example, there's there's a couple of companies that control the vast majority of the work. How, how do you do it in an environment like this? What's been his experience to to bring success uh, around 
um, safer roads essentially for everyone. Right. Uh, so uh, it is important to say that there are some very good trucking companies out there that, that are adopting right. the, the latest um, uh, technologies like uh, like like what you would get in a new car uh, without even sure. asking for the, uh, you know, it, it's involved in the package of a new car you buy the, the late of the, the lane avoidance system, the the automatic yep. braking, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, is in trucks now, too. And a lot of the, the, the a lot of the, the the cutting edge companies, these big massive companies who want to avoid the the liability of fatigue, mm -hmm. uh, are loading their trucks with that. But there are some there are, there are so many companies that don't that don't abide by that as well. So sure. there there is the, the capitalistic argument that like, hey, you want to avoid spending. I mean, Ed Settlement got his family forty point eight million dollars from from Estes Express Lines, which is one of the largest trucking companies in the country. Um, that, and that was the, the largest settlement on record at that point. So it, they call that a massive, uh, a mega settlement. And so uh, I don't sure. know that it's been topped since. But, you know, you want to avoid paying out that kind of money. So, you know, a lot of these, these uh, companies will adopt these, uh, these uh, safety regulations by themselves. But, you know, capitalism can also push toward the, uh, toward the idea of, of of making more money, you know that's that's kind of how our system sure. is built, right? So, I mean, uh, yep. most long haul truckers are paid by the mile, and that's that's a problem. Uh, many safety advocates say yeah. because you, you you're going to drive longer and faster in order to make more money, and and when if that's yep. the incentive, then safety is is in the back seat, not the front seat. Um, and 100% so, agree. right? And so what Ed does and through the Truck Safety Coalition is that they try to use these personal stories um to to sit down and talk with these lawmakers in washington um these aren't laws they're passing their regulations that you know there, there's um, the department of, of, of transportation the federal department of transportation has a whole uh, section dedicated to tractor trailers um and so there are regulations uh those regulations have been hollowed out and, and, and rolled back in the last few years. I don't want to get into politics, but under the Obama administration, uh, the, the, right. the Truck Safety Coalition made some gains. They made some very important gains about, mm. about sleeping, about uh, REM sleep for drivers and that first night back issue that I, that I uh, spoke about earlier, sure. making sure that you get REM sleep between uh, most restorative sleep between one and three a.m. There were all these different kind of regulations that 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 they all that they passed in 2010. But then, soon as the um, the the majority party, the Republicans, came back in the House, a lot of that stuff was put on hold, and then it just eventually died. So none of it really was was implemented. Um, and there's a there's a there's another chapter in the book where where Ed goes to Washington with Matthew to testify. Uh, he thought on the dais of, uh, of of one of these committee hearings run by uh, Representative Jim Jordan, who is an Ohio representative, um, and okay. he and he was not. Uh, they all they did was read his statement into the record. They didn't allow him to actually testify, which really upset him at the time. Um, and sure. so, and then you know, obviously, when you have these committees, the the ruling party gets to stack the deck the way they want, right? On these hearings, and so on this on this dais, there were four pro trucking uh, companies and one safety advocate, and Ed didn't find that to be particularly fair, um, and made that known. And there's a whole chapter about him kind of quartering Jim Jordan in the hallway during a bathroom break. There's a there's a part where Dennis Krucinich at the time, who was in the Congress, was was the one who read uh, his his story into the record. And 
you know, he was he was kind of cornering safety advocates saying this is a farce. How could you do this? And I mean, it's a really interesting way about how politics is involved in this, you know, and I, and I don't want to get into the current climate or whatever. But the last few years, a lot of those regulations that they have been trying to enact have been rolled back and or sure. parked, you know, I guess were forgotten about. And um, and that's, uh, you know, what the safety advocates say today is like, if we if we don't lose any more, we're in good shape and they're waiting out this current climate. So that's kind of where they're at, you know. Um, and in the meantime, they just believe that if they can tell their story to the to uh, to the right lawmakers, that eventually they can get some um, some real change. Some change that impacts all industry because you can obviously, like you said, there's some companies that are doing the right thing, they're investing in the right technology, uh, the right resources because they want to make a difference or they're avoiding uh, risk. But because there's so many players and, and so many different types of trucks out there, uh, I remember there's another incident that happened in, in Canada. It was in Saskatchewan where uh, there was a there was a bus uh, with students that was driving down and was hit by a tractor. I'm not sure if it was a tractor trailer, but some 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 truck hit it, and uh, half of a of a hockey team got um, lost their life. It was a horrible, tragic event. Yeah. But again, same thing. New new uh, legislation came in, and and then change of government, and some legislation, as I understand it, was all rolled back. So it's it really a case that to get real change in an environment that's so big with so many players, it sounds like regulation is really the one of the main drivers that needs to. That to, to be at the forefront of this. Any other thoughts uh, in terms of how how people that that want to drive change in the industry? I think this is a an incredible story. Really appreciate you taking the time to to, to write a book on it and to share a little bit about, about about the book. I encourage people to to pick up the book as well. It's available along Blink, obviously on on Amazon and and uh, other uh, book retailers. Um, any other thoughts that you have in terms of a distracted driving awareness month? Any other thoughts around how we can make our roads safer um, that you might want to share? You know, it's it's uh, it's funny. I don't I don't think a lot of people. And listen, I, you know, when I started this story, I didn't I didn't think much about it either. You pass trucks on the road all the time, um, and you right. don't you don't really understand what, how much of an issue this is. It doesn't get a lot of press uh, a lot, but when you look in mm -hmm. the numbers, they're they're, they're startling. Um, you know, since 2010, when, when Susan was killed, um, 3,600 people on, uh, on American roadways were killed in large truck crashes. Okay. Wow. Now, you take, you, you fast forward to 2017, because they still haven't released the 2018 or 2019 numbers. I mean, DOT always releases that stuff late, but we still haven't gotten 2018 numbers, so we don't know. But through 2010 wow. through 2017, just seven years, that number has jumped by 30%. That, in, in 2017, nearly... 4,700 people were killed on the road on roadways by 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 uh, by active wow. crashes with large trucks. It is not an issue that is getting any better. In fact, it is getting worse year over year over year since 2010 when I started looking into this. So it quite literally is something that affects all of us. We all see a tractor trailer mm -hmm. going by us at least once a day if we're out driving, right? Um, yeah. And, and so it's just an issue that you, that, that needs uh, to be uh, raised awareness, you know, and, and that is part and parcel sure. of why I wrote the, wrote the book as well. Uh, again, driven by a character um, by Ed and, and what his personal journey is to kind of take you along there. But 
the, the numbers are there are absolutely startling and uh, and they're not right. they're not getting they're not getting any better um, I, you know I, I'd also um, we in this book I, I also want to bring up that you know toward the end we were able to uh, actually have an interview with the driver um, you know mm. the driver ended up going to prison for five years uh, because of oh, because wow. of the of the crash which is which is also kind of rare uh, the judge sentenced him to five no years. Yeah. And um, after after a couple of years, and there's a whole uh, couple of chapters in there about Ed and Driver going back and forth and Ed was writing him in prison and he wants to forgive him. It's this whole it, it's really it's heartbreaking. And then after a couple of years mm. Ed finally writes the judge and says, you know what, he needs to get out and rebuild his life like I'm rebuilding mine. And so uh, he gets out and that's wow. when uh, we decide to meet up with him and do an interview because Ed wanted his perspective in this book. Because, I mean, Ed believes that he's, you know, listen, truck drivers are, are victims of this, too. It's not they're not the guy, you know, sure. they're, they're the ones doing the driving. They're the ones, you know, that are affected by this as well. So, you know, th this book ends in a very explosive and unpredictable manner. Um, and. Uh, you know, we, we were able to sit down and, and talk with the with the driver that's included in, in this book as well. It's just it, it gives a kind of a different uh, another level, another kind of understanding into people's minds about about how this issue really does uh, really does. It, it ruins families, not just uh, not just the people who are who are the, the, the so-called victims in these accidents, but, you know, um, the drivers as well. And. It's also important to point right. out that, you know, not a lot of, all these crashes are not truckers' fault. Sometimes they're bad drivers' faults, you know, and, and you, 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 you can sparse the, 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 the statistics any way you want on that. But uh, right now we're looking at, according to the latest numbers in the federal DOT, is uh, about 4,700 people a year being killed on our roadways every year. That's, that's a lot. I mean, when we first started this project, it was around, around 3,600 a year. And I would say that's like more than a 9-11 every year. You th I thought that was jarring. Yep. Now we're at 4,700 right. people a year. And, uh, you know, it's just it's, uh, it's just it's an issue that that uh, I think needs a little bit more sunlight. And uh, I, I hope that right. uh, I've been able to, to cast a little bit of light on that with this book. Yeah, thank you. And I really appreciate you sharing this. And, and the the numbers you're sharing, which are jarring on their own, don't even include people that are getting injured or, or things where there wasn't a loss of life. Um, and so it, it's really something that is systemic, as you said, and needs more, uh, more focus around. So thank you very much for taking the time for sharing and really encourage everybody to pick up the book to, to read more about it and to advocate for uh, safer roads. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate the time. Do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.